I've had two episodes of major depression in my life 20 years apart. They've been horrible experiences, but they've also been positive in what they've brought me, learning about myself, but also bringing writing back to me. Welcome to the Wellbeing Champions podcast, brought to you by Loonbase. My name is Aaron. And my name is Tom. This is the Wellbeing Champions podcast, where we bring you pearls of wisdom from the best and brightest in the wellbeing world. We aim to share knowledge and learn from others on how to enable people to truly work and live well. On today's episode, we welcome Dr. Roshni Bihari. Roshni is a doctor with a background as a consultant in rehabilitation medicine. She is a published poet and short fiction writer with a master's in creative writing and personal development. Through her company, Storied Selves, she offers individuals and teams a unique blend of writing activities and discussion. Her bespoke writing for wellbeing workshops aim to offer a safe, supportive and nurturing space for people to explore their reflections, emotions and experiences. Roshni, welcome. Thank you very much, Tom and Aaron. Really good to be here. Really good to meet you. So we like to start each episode with a little warm-up game that we call Fast Five. So I will start first. Roshni, do you prefer tea or coffee? Tea. Very quick answer. What's your favourite favorite day of the week and why? Oh, Friday, because it feels, I've been working from home, so it sort of feels like, yeah, Friday, it's coming to my time, it's coming to the weekend. And do you prefer to write by hand, typewriter or computer? By hand, definitely by hand. And have you ever, have you ever used a typewriter? Is a typewriter thing you've ever... Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I used to write short stories and stuff and make little books, um, booklets and comic books on my typewriter when I was, when I was sort of nine or ten. Uh, yeah, so I sort of miss typewriters, to be honest. I've still got an electric typewriter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been through the different phases of technology. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, typewriters are great. But I also have RSI, so I don't think a typewriter would be great for me now. Okay. Unfortunately. And um, yeah, what's your favourite book? This is probably, yeah, this is one I'd be most interested in. Fiction or non-fiction? If you had to pick one, which might be quite hard, but what's your favourite book? I would say The Magic Mountain by Thomas Mann. Okay. Um, so he's an Austrian writer. I mean, it's a classic. Uh, I think they study it at school. One of my German colleagues said they study it at school in Germany and Austria. Um, but it's really immersive and it's actually set in a sanatorium out in, out in the Alps, I think, from memory. But I, I remember reading it in Vienna. I like to read books um, about set about you know in the country I'm traveling to like when when we could travel um, but yeah I would really recommend that book and you know there's a medical theme to it as well but I totally became immersed in that world and so I can still see it clearly I, you know I read it about 10 years ago but yeah it's a book I'd really recommend I have a non-fiction recommendation but, yeah yeah do go on do show um, Illness by Javi Carell. She's professor of um, philosophy um, in the UK. But I heartily recommend that book for anyone who's in healthcare, um, but for anyone who's, you know, for all of us as human beings, it's about her experience of a very rare condition. Um, so she she looks at it at the lens through the lens of you know a person going through a chronic condition and possibly a terminal condition, and um, also uh, as a philosophy you know, expert. Um, so it's a fascinating book. So it's on my shelf with all along my favourite books. Hmm. Is there a purchase in the past year, um, let's say maybe under £100, that's boosted your own personal oh. well-being? <laughs> under £100. Oh. Um, it's not under £100, but it was okay from a budget point of view. But it's this Chromebook that I'm on now, where obviously product place the um, you know the brand but um it's it's actually has revolutionized really good question revolutionized my life because 
Um, it's got a touchscreen option, which I didn't realise. So that's really helpful for someone who's got, you know, if you have difficulty doing loads of typing like I do, I can't do a lot of handwriting for hours on end like I could before and I can't type for a long time. You can use scrolling up and down rather than lots of tapping. So it's really helped my pain in my hands and stuff. So, yeah, I'd recommend that for anyone who's um, looking looking to reduce their pain, especially as we're all at desks and computers. Yeah. You know, for most of our, our lives now, aren't we? Um, so, yeah, it's really helped me. So I think it's a really good question. Oh, Thank good. You. Oh, yeah, well, we, yeah, we had a podcast episode about... Um about mastering your desk you know your workstation setup and we we changed our desk setups here um so yeah, yeah i definitely yeah i definitely recommend that we were we were both kind of slave to the laptop but now the, se the yeah. separate the separate monitor is a game changer you wouldn't think yeah yes uh, that's 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 what i was trying to do this morning <laughs> Edit with my old imac but it yeah it didn't quite work but yes no i, I definitely see the advantages for that but um, yeah no Technology can be a bane, but it can also, you know, it's it's sort of what we have to use and live by, isn't it? Too right. And so I'd love you to introduce yourself to the listeners and, and yeah, how did you get to, to where you are today? Sure. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a question I should be well practiced at. Um, but uh, so initially, yeah, I, I started off like a very keen writer. So giving a background to, you know, obviously we're going to talk about writing. Very keen writer as a child and then that, you know, short stories mainly. Um, and making yeah, weird little comic books and being on my typewriter or just doing stuff by hand. Um, and then that sort of went by the wayside, as um, may resonate with you both, you know, when you get to school and you have to take science, it, depending what pathway, so I was choosing medicine. And sort of writing fell by the wayside for a bit, and including at medical school, really, because, um, you know, what you were, I was mainly writing academic stuff and academic essays like most of us are. Um, but yeah, so I qualified as a doctor in 1996, um, and it was around that just before finals when my my younger brother died, um, and it was a year after that. So I went through a sort of delayed bereavement um, or depressive illness. I got really um, depressed. I hadn't really dealt with my grief, and I found it was during that time that reading and uh, writing poetry. So age of 26, I started writing my first, you know, poem. I might have done some at primary school, but you know, my first sort of proper poem um i think it was it was related to my brother um but it was you know using metaphor and imagery and simile for for i think distilling what i was going through stuff that i couldn't put into words over that past year and obviously caught up with me and you know made me stop life as a busy house officer in sho um you know if you don't deal with something it, it catches up with you um and that's when i started writing poetry and then from that and you know so I do feel it helped me on my sort of healing journey um and it's well known that poetry in particular does help people um going through grief and you know, going through bereavement um so I wanted to look into that a bit more formally and actually I was training in rehabilitation to work with brain injury that was going that's my subspecialty that I specialized in um so w working with patients with complex neurodisability and I, and I thought I'd really like to use writing you know to bring the benefits of how I benefited um, of using writing in a in in a way to help people express themselves and you know express, explore their creativity, um, you know working with people with really severe cognitive and psychological as well as physical disabilities, um, but you know to the wider patient population that was actually why I then went on to train at the University of Sussex on the MA in Creative Writing and Personal Development, which at the time was the only uh, kind of its training. For, for using writing therapeutically. So just emphasize, um, 
in this field, we use writing therapy, you know, writing can be therapeutic, um, but it's not a form of therapy. So I'm not a therapist. I'm not a trained therapist. I am a doctor. I'm used to working with people. I've, you know, worked in the NHS for 18 years, plus five years before at medical school. So started doing that degree while I was um, a full-time registrar in London and um, commuting up and down from London to Brighton. But it was brilliant because I think it, you know, it combined all aspects of me, that sort of, you know, well-being, creativity. Uh, and it sort of brought me back, you know, writing my first poem brought me back to myself and my first love, which is writing. Always a passionate educator. Um, decided to make quite a big move from education, from, sorry, clinical to education in 2011. And I was already doing a master's in clinical education and, um, uh, and, and leading locally and regionally and nationally in my specialty on education um, of rehab trainees, etc. Um, but moved formally into medical education. Um, so started my first academic job in London at St George's and haven't looked back since. And the beauty of education and why I love it is... Um, well, I love to communicate, so I could chat all day, um, but I love to see people develop and support them developing. And that's why I love writing and running writing groups and facilitating writing groups, because it just to witness, um, and I know we're going to talk about it, but just to witness someone, you know, the light, not the light going on, well, metaphorically, yeah, you know, someone realised, wow, I can do something. Like, I didn't know I could write a poem at 26. You know, witnessing a sense of achievement. So a satisfaction for me um, in seeing people develop, both as a teacher, you know, as an educator, um, and being able to help people if they're struggling, but also as someone who facilitates writing um, in groups as well. You know, seeing people who, who may never have, you know, oh, I'm a bit scared of poetry, many of us are, because, you know, you remember stuff from school. Um, you know, people have, have memories of things being really difficult and we have to be very academic. Well, that's not my approach at all. Um, nobody needs to have, you know, expertise or a degree in writing to come to one of my groups. Um, quite the opposite. Everyone's welcome. And, and we're there just to explore our emotions and feelings in a, in a supportive, hopefully supportive, safe, nurturing way together with discussion, as you said in your lovely introduction. So now I'm a sessional tutor. Um, at many medical schools Great. Uh, across the UK and I've incorporated um, I think the highlight of my academic career is, is incorporating creative writing into my work as an educator so I created on the research based on my first master's um, where I worked with chronic pain patients and ran a writing group um, in my Sussex degree and then in my education degree I did a systematic review about the potentials of creative writing in healthcare education I have just published um, I combine the sort of findings to then sort of apply that theory to a practical module um, using creative writing for personal and professional development. So with year one medical students at Trinity College Dublin, which is exciting to get to live and work in Ireland in 2018, and then Brighton Medical School year three students. So I adapted it for the more clinical facing students. And, and it was... They were eight-week modules um, with exercises designed. So we were a small group, you know, following the small group um, facilitation pedagog pedagogy. Uh, we were a writing workshop for each of those sessions. So, yeah. So I'd love to do more of that. Um, I'm having discussion with various medical schools about maybe, you know, doing that again as an optional module at, at, at different medical schools. Um, but I'd love to integrate that into my work um, in medical education. I think, yeah, from my perspective, I think it's, it's you know it's inspirational to see 
you know, highlighting the variety of career options available to people who are, you mm. know, who are studying medicine from the from early days. That it's not just, you know, that it's not just pure clinical work from the offset. Um, yeah. The, a question I'd like to ask is, is obviously, so you kind of rediscovered creative writing and the, mm. and the therapeutic um, element in relation to processing, you know, grief you were going through. Yeah. How, like, how did that come about? Like, what was the trigger or what was the kind of moment that you thought, oh, like, you know, pulling out this pen and paper, like, this is something either I need to do right now or, or when was the moment you realised, wow, I'm getting some benefit from this? Really good question. Thank you, Tom. Because I, I do think back to that and think, I think part of my healing was returning, that might sound a bit cliched, um, but returning to myself. So, wow, I could, so exactly what I've witnessed in my groups and with others wow, I can write a poem. I've never written a poem before. So it was like, oh, wow, that's a poem. And the person who read it was like, that's really good. You know, I mean, you know, it wasn't written for literary merit, but the way I've always, you know, it's not perfect. It's not published. And I don't think I would, you know, put it out there. Um, but because um, it was very personal um, and I knew what I was writing about. And, and it's, I think it's obvious, you know, if you, if you know the situation, if I, if I showed you the poem. Um, but I think it was partly exactly that sort of realising, wow, I can write again. Because, you know, in depression, there's a lot of skills you lose. I mean, I couldn't do much when I was really unwell. Uh, I know people experience in certain phases of depression. And then I started writing, which, which was really, for me, I think, really healing and really, wow, some of me is coming back. I think that's the best way of explaining it. Some of the old me is coming back because I had to stop, you know, an illness makes you stop your life. I mean, so, so for me, these have not been, I've had two episodes of major depression in my life, 20 years apart. They've been horrible experiences, but they've also been positive in what they've brought me learning about myself, but also bringing writing back to me. The process of, and the process of then writing, was it always writing poetry or was it just, was it just creative writing in general that you oh, were doing? Yeah, no, I, start, I started to sort of write stories as well and bits of prose. Um, I'm more recently writing memoir, I've done a really um, good memoir writing course with the Workers in Education, uh, Adult Education, WEA group, which I'd recommend. But yeah, exploring memoir, you know, uh, experiences in my life and, and you know, actually I would say sort of 25 years on, starting to write about my brother a bit more. So, you know, grief, as you know, is a, a continuum. You know, there's no sort of, where does it start? Where does it end? So 25 years, you know, pr still processing things. I don't think you stop processing. So, yeah, prose and poetry, memoir. And, and when did you see the when did you see the benefit or when did you perceive the, the benefit that you were getting for your mental health? You know, is it was it like... It, you know, could you even envisage it when you were planning doing it or was it during no. the actual process or was it afterwards on reflection back, the, the, you know, maybe reading, reading back the work you've done and, you know, yeah. that, that enabled you to process some of, the, some of the, um, the, the burden that you were kind of you're going through? A bit of the both of your latter um, questions. So a bit during the time, like I got back into that. For me, writings, first of all, as well as being therapeutic, I've since discovered, is well, partly therapeutic because of the joy of it. And, you you know, you, you enter that state of flow like you do with any activity you're passionate about. And you forget about the world. And you're creating another world often. I, I write fiction, so and I'm into sci-fi and fantasy and speculative, speculative fiction. So, you know, the fun of creating another world. 
um, partly. So, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily to be, need to be related. It wasn't necessarily always related. In fact, it wasn't. I, I write sort of comedy pieces, you know, comedic pieces. And the ple- part of the pleasure is also giving other people pleasure. So in a, in a writing group, so I've belonged to many and I sort of belong to groups, was also getting feedback from people on how writing impacted, my writing impacts on them, whether it be at an emotional level or, a, oh, that was really funny, that was a good laugh, you know? I don't need it, to, for me, I don't need it to be anymore. I don't need Oscars or, well, the equivalent of, you know, awards and stuff. It's just a real joy, like, to make people laugh or to, to make people think. Um, but I also love hearing other people's. Flow is something that I've looked at. Aaron is much more of a student of flow than I've ever been. And I, I guess that's because, yeah, well, uh, uh, seeing him work, I think he finds flow flow much easier than I get into. Mm. But uh, yeah, but it's something that, yeah, it's it's almost dif- it's difficult to dis- it's difficult to describe but when right. you're in it when you're in it you know it don't you and uh, yeah know, and exactly. time just kind of just, time goes <laughs> time goes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you know if you're writing out sometimes i write outside i quite like to write outside so i was doing a little bit of scribbling yesterday i went to a park and and you sort of forget you you lose yourself i'm quite i used to be quite a self-conscious person and it's like you know don't worry about it i get if i get into flow i just forget everyone's there who cares if anyone's watching someone scribbling on a park bench so yeah it is difficult to explain but but yeah it's it's that absorption and that immersion and it just in writing and it just brings me real joy really and that's what i want to transmit that's why i started using writing with other people absolutely so if we've heard like the power of creation writing and how it's affected your life and so mm. could you give like either an aggregated example or an anonymized example of of some of the benefit that some of your work's done for others through the storied cell stuff like what what yeah. benefit do you see other people get from it yeah i think the things that examples that i've seen are people feeling the power of being able to express themselves creatively so i had a colleague who i trained with come to my last um public workshops which are monthly uh so just small groups and and he was he was saying i haven't written a poem since school um and i'm really surprised that you know anything came out onto my page today um and that was really lovely for me because i you know i knew him as well but you know it's 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 lovely to witness um it's a sense of achievement i think it's a sense of achievement because we are in and particularly in medicine and healthcare, we're all professions. We're in such a product outcome driven world. And I think what write, the writing for wellbeing process and the way I was trained was that, you know, the emphasis is on process for you. How does it make you feel? So when I, when I do a writing exercise, I ask people to reflect after each writing exercise. You know, the main question is, okay, how, does, how did it make you feel just to have five minutes to sit and do that exercise? How does it make you feel to be part of a group? You know, what did your writing make you feel? And then sort of draw draw examples out from there. I'd love to know, you've mentioned a few times about um, people's reaction when they first start or when they're new to writing. Um, I'd love to know specifically if I was to join and say I'm, I'm new to this world, like what is a structure do you recommend? Do you, do you kind of recommend poetry or prose or like what does that first step look like? So you mean... Being new to creative writing or being in one of my workshops or? Um, say, say both. Say I was new to creative writing and, mm-hmm. yeah, I was uh, looking to you for guidance. What, where would you recommend step one that I start? Okay. I'd say welcome to the world of creative writing um, and writing for well-being. <laughs> uh, and it's a world you create yourself, which I think is, you know, it could be quite fun. Um, so I think step one is uh, being an, having a notebook or if you are technical, as a lot of people just type straight into their, you know, their mobiles or um, their computers. So 
when you're going about your day, it's it's we're all observers. And I think I, I always think the parallel between being a doctor and a writer and many, you know, there are many doctors and writers that are um, famous and, you know, many contemporaries um, is that we're observers. So, you know, what we're doing is we're interacting people and we're observing human behavior. So, yeah, think think like a sort of observer eavesdrop. Scribble down and eavesdrop within, you know, confidential things. You can often pick up, you know, interesting threads on the bus or public transport of conversations. Doesn't mean you're, you know, you're breaking anyone's confidentiality. But sometimes an idea can come to you if you're eavesdropping. Um, and also so scribble that down in your notebook. Um, I use images. So you could use an image, a quote, a piece of music, um, lyrics. I use in my workshops to stimulate, you know, where's that thought going? So maybe maybe a lyric from your favorite song, the first line from a book or open a book randomly. These are just some ideas. Pick a line, continue the story. Use an image, can be a person, an animate object, you know, it could be a scene, right from the point of view of someone in that image, someone or something in that image and see where that takes you. And talking of the see what that where that takes you, um, free writing is something I do at, at the start of every workshop uh, that I do. Um, it's also um, known as stream of consciousness writing. You might have heard of it that way um, in that terminology. Or morning pages is sometimes what it's called. So Julia Cameron, a really renowned writer, who who call, uses morning pages as a regular early morning before you've done anything or you know had a cup of tea, anything, sit down and write three pages of A4. Now, I'm not saying you need to do three pages of A4, but what you could do is set your timer for six minutes um, or seven minutes. Um, doesn't have to be, you know, half an hour. And start for your day and write what comes into your head. And if you find, and it can be anything, and the freedom here is keep your pen moving, don't check spelling. So, you know, really liberating, unlike doing an academic paper or an essay or, you know, something for work. Do not go back and check it. Keep writing until that timer stops. Don't analyze it. There doesn't need to be any logic. So it's permission to make no sense at all, really, which is really liberating. Then go back and read it. And you can underline words that jump out at you or images and then make a list and then create a poem from that or create a story from that or a piece of memoir, anything that, you know, comes to you, really. So, yeah. There's quite a lot of quite a lot of ways. Well, there's loads of tips. There's loads of tips there. Yeah. <laughs> so I I really like the book Daily Rituals by Mason Curry. I'm not sure if you're mm -hmm. familiar with it, but it's basically about how writers and artists and creators kind of set up their environment and and their daily routine mm. for writing. Um, I know we've touched on it a little bit with setting up your environment and flow state, but I'm curious if there's any kind of pre-writing ritual that you have or that you've used that you're willing to share that kind of puts you in that state for creativity? That's a really good question. So, and, and I will, I mean, it's a bit, it's not, it might sound a bit hokey and a bit embarrassing, but yeah, I sort of try and make the environment conducive. Uh, so my desk where, and I don't always write at a desk and I write by hand or, you know, I could be sitting outside somewhere. But I try and make the environment a bit, you know, a bit clear. It's a bit of a mess at my desk at the moment so that, you know, I'm not concentrating on this and I can concentrate on the page exactly as you say, because I write by hand. Um, having fresh air, sometimes, you know, burning a candle for inspiration or incense. So um, 
I think that just sets because, because I feel a bit embarrassed saying it, but yeah, it does. It sort of sets, okay, that's well, we know smell association, um, right? That's my time to write. So I have to be honest, I don't have defined times when I write. I'll write if I have, you know, a project or if I'm going to a course or, you know, if I'm designing. Yeah, it's a good example. If I'm designing a workshop, I've got a commission or I've got to, you know, I'm going to design a workshop. That's sort of how I approach it. Um, because it does, like you say, it gets you into that mood. You associate that That's smell right. space yeah, yeah, yeah. and that smell and that environment. And is it yeah, always, using the senses. Yeah. Is it always a certain type, like, is it always a certain incense or a certain candle or can it vary? You know, like, I wonder if it's like you said, oh, lavender for me is the one and like, it's yeah. like I know, I, that is my association. Or is it, you know, can it be, can it be any? This is going to be product placement, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you can see it, but yeah, candles, inspiration candles. Sorry, I only, you know, um, oh, I have asthma. I can't be inhaling yes. toxic candles. <laughs> but yeah, inspiration candles, um, aroma chakra spray, Aveda chakra spray. Right. That gets me sort of, right, calm. And I don't know if it does get me calm, but it gets me in, in the zone of, right, I'm going to do something productive. So yeah, you might want to take that the names out there, but oh, yeah, no, we'll, link, we'll link the names. We'll link the names. Link in there. the names. <laughs> and, 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 you know, uh, sponsor for the podcast. Yeah, like sponsor. <laughs> so just to focus a little bit then on store itself and the offering yeah. that you, you know that you provide through that. Um, it, mm. Say that you know I, I'm a uh, I'm a team leader in a in a business, or that I am getting involved in in social prescribing work mm. and i'm keen to you know i'm keen to bring creative writing and reflective writing into you know into my team or into these into these groups of people what mm -hmm. would what would that feel like and what would a typical course be like and and um we can obviously we'll link to you later but yeah i want to know just what that process would be like and what you know and what what the kind of structure would be and the time frame and how you know how would that feel yeah um so i'm lucky enough to uh have worked with some great colleagues and GP colleagues. So I've had commissions from um, Health Education England. I'm going to be uh, working with Health Education at East of England Foundation School. Um, so, so I will always do a collaborative Zoom or phone call would always be my approach. So it's a collaborative approach. Okay, so if it was yourself, Tom, it would be uh, okay as a GP and you're a, you're a GP trainer, maybe you want some of your trainees. So I've done, I've done work for, for GP trainees, I'm going to be doing work for, for medical trainees. Um, so, what's what do you want them to get out of this? What 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 are the main issues um, that your trainees are facing at the moment, particularly with remote working, for example? So, if I give you the example I've done with colleagues in Brighton, GP colleagues in Brighton, I used we looked at the theme of isolation, which was chosen by uh, the GP trainer because he said it's really isolating for GP trainees. They often work on their own. And I said, that really resonates with me as a rehabilitation registrar back in the day. We were often the only, it's a small specialty. So, uh, and especially now in the pandemic. So then we have a discussion, you know, and about logistics. So it's just like having a, a, a you know, your educator hat on. So I think that's the benefit for me. I'm, I'm able to sort of transfer all of those skills, uh, between my education field, my healthcare field and, 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 um, being a, a writing facilitator and that you know not even if I was working with another organization this would be the same collaborative approach uh how many you know who's the audience how many will there be zoom etc what are the logistics um who's going to be there to support so if it's a big group like 50 GPs that I was working with it's quite difficult I, I wouldn't be possible you know it's not possible to have breakout rooms where I facilitate everything yeah. so what I do is then what I did is I created um a, a, a guide 
for my GP colleagues so that each of the leads could take a group and they would have a guide of how I would approach facilitating a group. But sorry, so yeah, working collaboratively together, they give me a theme, I go away and then I design ideas around it. And it's normally a 90, it depends what the commissioner wants. So it could be an, an hour or 90 minutes. I would say 90 minutes. And that's how I run my public workshops and my separate healthcare workshops would be 90 minutes with a break, um, online especially, uh, you need a break either way. Um, and then I would start off with, you know, introductions, introducing myself, welcoming everyone, overview of what this is going to involve, getting everyone else to introduce themselves, you know, in the, either in the chat box or using just simple things like hands up polling, because we're talking about, you know, online life now, um, you know, asking people whether how much writing they've done before, uh, reassuring them that they don't need to be experts in writing. And, and I always, just like I do with education, give an overview. So I'm using slides. Um, in the online world. So what this session is going to involve, uh, so introductions, um, setting group agreement, a group agreement where people know, you know, Zoom etiquette, but more importantly, confidentiality, anonymity, particularly when you're working in, in any, well, within any public, in the public and in um, healthcare. Um, and really, you know, approaching this in a non-coercive way. Nobody's going to be reassuring people they're not going to be forced to share if they don't need to. The emphasis is on process. You don't need to, you know, provide the next novel of the year, produce the next novel of the year, uh, and hopefully that relaxes people a little bit. And sometimes I use different icebreakers, you know, get people to know, uh, you know, where are they beaming in from on Zoom, for example, which part of the world are they in or the UK or London, wherever we're working. And then I'll move on to six minutes of free writing and then we'll reflect as a group. So the thing with free writing is give them permission to free it up a bit more. Most practitioners do, you're not sharing it. So the stipulation is X, Y, and Z, as I've said, keep writing, don't check your spelling, don't stop until the, the timer goes. I tell you, know, I'll set the timer. You're not gonna be sharing this. So that hopefully that frees people up to not censor themselves. It's for their eyes only. And then we talk about that process for a few minutes and then we move on to another exercise. And then we talk about that process using those sort of STEM questions. How did that feel to write that piece? So I'll use you know, an image or a quote, whatever the stimulus is about isolation, for example. Uh, how did it feel to write about it? Does anyone want to share an extract? So not their whole piece, but a few lines or maybe the first line, et cetera. So that, you know, they are sharing a little bit because people do actually like to share a bit of what they've written. Um, and you can see the pride there, you know, of some people, that sense of achievement. Um, so it's nice to be able to share. And then I repeat that with another exercise using different stimulus. So I like to, I like to use sort of multimedia, you know, a bit of music, a bit of images. Quotes are definitely great to use. I'm, I'm always magpie collecting quotes from any, you know, LinkedIn and sources. So that's another good tip. There's lots of things that will stimulate thought um, on LinkedIn and social media. Um, and then final reflections. I call it Roshni's ward, word ward round. I get it wrong every time <laughs> and I created it. Um, but it's, and especially with medics, so I put a picture up of, you know, a cartoon. And, and I'll ask everyone, how are you feeling? What, what's the word? Just give me a word or a phrase. Just like you do with teaching, you know, what have you, one thing you've learned, but the equivalent is, how are you feeling at the moment? And, and, you know, round off with final reflections. So that's what a sort of 90 minute package, I suppose, from me would entail. Uh, and, you know, uh, it depends on, on, you know, who the audience is and what the aim is. I can flex it and design it accordingly. I mean, 
that's beautiful. And we'll I will link to your um we'll link yeah. to story itself later on. And but and, yeah, and what can you see as as the as the, we kind of transition out of the pandemic, but a lot mm. of the remote work is here to stay and, and and kind of you know, thankfully so in lots of aspects. But but what does what do you think your what's in your horizon? What do you think your future is looking like? Yeah, no, lovely question. Helps me crystallise my future. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, five-year plans, etc. Yeah, yeah. I have a list. <laughs> yes, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure. Are you, are you ready for my list? Yeah, go on. I have a list, and I'd like to continue combining um, my two passions, which are writing, um, including writing with other people, and medical education <laughs> and healthcare education. Um, so currently applying for substantive jobs so hopefully you know i'll be able to integrate into integrate um writing and other med work with medical humanities um in the near future um and i'm doing a lot of interesting collaborations with colleagues and in fact um hopefully have pitched a webinar to the association of um studies of medical education asme our uk organization um looking at our practices, myself and another co medical colleague uh, using creative writing with medical students and in my case with NHS staff as well through my storied cells work. Um, I'd like to work more with organisations including universities, other healthcare organisations, HEE and the Royal Colleges um, and not just medical but I'm very interdisciplinary as a rehabilitationist and as a person you know working across different sectors so I'm making some really nice um, exciting collaborate, you know, collaborative relationships shall I say with um, people in other fields, so you know, in therapy, nursing, I'd love to work with 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 other healthcare professionals and social care. Um, so my new groups um, that I will set up, I've had one block uh, of, of groups since March when I, when I set up storied sales groups. Um, is going to be focusing on working with the caring profession. So opening up my monthly weekend groups to uh, anyone that works with people, so therapists, social workers, people in care uh, carers and care homes. Uh, as well as healthcare professionals, including academics and students. So I'm very, very actively encourage students to come to my workshops, hopefully, um, and collaborating with others who are doing this type of work. So other peers who are doing writing for wellbeing. And um, my my one aim, and that's why I trained, as I said, was is to work with patients. So um, I'm exploring links with social prescribing in my local area in London, and um, working with patient groups and arts in health groups arts on prescription groups in hospitals and in, in primary care settings would be fantastic. Um, I am writing a book. So when you talk about the list, writing the list blog, is growing. The list is growing. The list is growing, yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good to have a list. Um, whether I, I tick these all off. Um, so I'm writing a book which will be almost a companion book um, aimed at the caring writing for wellbeing mm -hmm. and personal development for the caring professions. Uh, so that'd be sort of a companion workbook to um, style. Uh, to my workshops. Um, yes, I will start writing a blog series about this work as well on my website and hopefully publishing, albeit, you know, 15 years on, but publishing and building on the work I've initially done with chronic pain patients. I'd like to do more work with chronic pain patients. I'm sort of two sides of the stethoscope. I have chronic pain as, as a result of my RSI. Um, and have done for the last 12 years. So it'd be really interesting to do more work with, with people in that field, um, coming at it from a, you know, as an ex-medic, not as, not so much as an ex-medic, but as someone with chronic pain and with writing for wellbeing uh, training, um, because that was my very first workshop ever and it was a joy 15 years ago. And I think that started me on the path. 
So yeah, I think that's enough of a list. That's where the list ends now. <laughs> um, and if there's individuals listening who join one of your uh, your weekend remote workshop, yeah, what's that called? Oh, yeah. How can they how can they um, how can they join in? There'll be different themes. I haven't released the dates yet. Okay. I'm just um, exploring dates. But yeah, it, from the caring professionals' point of view, it will be monthly on a Saturday. Great. Because I think with shifts, etc., um, just making it a little bit more accessible. Um, but I do have a free nature and well-being writing short talk and taster workshop coming up as part of um, my local borough's big green climate festival okay which is a national event um, but i'm doing that on the 24th of september at 6 30 in the evening to 7 30 so there'll be a little bit of a talk about the benefits of nature and well-being um and the evidence so far yeah uh and um and then uh writing workshop using nature as inspiration which is something i like to, like to do I do use that a stimulus quite a lot um and that's totally free and that can be booked through my website platform well we'll link yeah we'll link to that in the show notes as well so before we wrap up is is there anyone who you respect who comes to mind that you would love to see on this podcast as well uh it's it's a really good but really difficult question so many colleagues that i you know in education and across the writing field that i respect and really are inspired by i'm inspired by um but one person who I've had the pleasure of meeting is um, Professor Hedy Wald, who's a professor of family practice at Brown Medical School and Harvard Medical School in the States, um, an educator, a writer herself, but a real expert on reflective writing and reflective practice and using it with students and with healthcare students and staff in a dialogic relationship um, with, with the facilitator. Um, and looking at reflective capacity and reflective competence and, and assessments and creating assessment rubrics because it's always contentious about you know, there's big contention about you know can we mark reflective essays can we assess other people's reflect personal reflections but I'd highly recommend Professor Wald. Finally um, where can people reach out to you to connect um, and learn more about your work? Okay um, so my website www.storiedcells.com uh, which we'll put links to on the program yeah. notes. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Twitter, Roshni underscore B Harry. Um, so yeah, I'm sort of live on Twitter really, writing and medical education and medical Twitter. So yeah, you can track me down quite easily. Uh, it'll be great to hear from people. Lovely. Thank you. We will link. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I've picked up a few thank creative you. ideas throughout. I've even I've made squiggled minds and notes of digital, but I've made squiggled notes as we've gone along because you've yeah, you've Brilliant. triggered a few creative thoughts in my head. So um, Excellent. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, no, likewise, <laughs> feeling very inspired. Got the got the notebook ready. Oh yeah, he's got, got the notebook yeah, ready. Yeah, he's, he's much more you've got, traditional. <laughs> you've got your bus journey plan to eavesdrop. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Roshni. And um, we'll you. close Bye. with one of your own pieces. Okay. So this poem actually was inspired by um, a workshop I went to, so with the Irish Poetry Therapy Network group. Um, and the theme was resilience. And it was written last July uh, in tribute to new junior doctors that were entering the profession uh, at a time of the pandemic, you know, sort of a time of great stress um, for everyone, but not least for new people into the profession. So I think it's the first poem I've ever written, um, sort of dedicated to colleagues and profession. It's called Flicker and Flare. We watch, watch as the match lights up. The flame sparks, flares, spits, then threatens to die out. But not yet, not quite yet. 
Rekindle it, shield it with your hands, protect it like you would protect a child, your inner child. There are winds that blow trying to rid you of the fire that you have inside of you. Don't let them. Let that fire grow and warm you from the inside out. Don't let anyone tell you you are weak or you have failed. Leave the doubters speechless. Illuminate their dark corners. Take their breath away. This podcast is brought to you by Loonbase. Loonbase is an all-in-one wellbeing platform for your workplace. Listeners of this podcast can get an exclusive deal. Just simply go to loonbase.com forward slash champions. That's loonbase.com forward slash champions to find out more.